This week on The Reverse Stick, it's reunion time as Matt and John talk old times, like when India swapped its coaches, and get inspired as the FIH announces the Hockey Series. Greetings and welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee. I've been here every week, but the fellow alongside me has been away the last few. Matt Allen, how are you? That's right, I haven't been here, but it's good to be back, John. What a thrill to be sitting on the other side of the desk of you once again. (laughs) So much hockey to talk about, so many good memories of my trip away to share. Oh boy, oh boy, it's going to be a great show. Yeah, looking forward to that. And you caught up with Alan Gormley while you were away, which is great. We did indeed, and uh, yeah, had a couple of small libations and put the world of hockey to rights. Um, yeah, didn't it was the, the the pub was a bit noisy, so we didn't get anything recorded, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll bring you news on that a little bit later on in the show and talk about my chat with uh, with Alan and also my visit to to my old club, Evesham Hockey Club, which is now Evesham and Badsey Hockey Club, and the uh, awards night dinner that I went along to oh, and uh, saw some guys there. So that was fantastic to get along to that. Did uh, you win an award as the best overseas international player? Well, there wasn't. They did have a little uh, a, a drink with the captain or a drink with the chairman situation and. Uh, uh, um, there was one of the calls, please stand and have a drink with the, the chairman uh, if you've travelled especially from overseas to come to this event this evening. So a little bit of recognition. There. Oh, that was you lovely. did. That You're was the only lovely. bloke standing, I take it? <laughs> oh, there was a young lady there as well. Yeah, oh. yeah. Not, yeah. I'm a married man. <laughs> yeah, uh, plenty to get through tonight too. Lots of hockey results around the globe from various different competitions, domestic competitions happening. A couple of interesting announcements too during the week, but... Uh, just before we get to the news, I did love what Hockey India did for May Fool's Day this year. Sorry, for what? May Fool's Day. May Fool's Day? Yeah, May, May Fool's Day. You know that where you play practical jokes on people? Um, it's, I think it's April Fool's Day. I think it's 1st of April. You sure? First, I th- yeah, I'm, why, what's... Sorry, I thought it was May 1st. Sorry, what May, came out? May Fool's Day. What, what, what prank did oh, they pull? Oh, you know, Hockey India, where they said they... Swap the men's coach for the women's coach and swap the women's coach for the men's coach. No, that was a few months ago that happened. Oh, well, they... It's probably a retweet or something. It's old news, I think. Well, we might have to talk about that a little bit later. We'll look into it whilst we're talking more on the show, eh? News. And, um... Where do we start with the news? Should we go for the Olympic Games qualifiers? Yeah, go for The Youth that. Olympic Games qualifiers, I should say. Now, this is interesting because it's a Hockey 5 series. And Hockey 5 apparently um, is the buzzword at the moment. Well, Thomas Bark was recently with uh, Dr. Batra in India looking at some mixed Hockey 5s. I, th- I think you might have mentioned yeah. it on last week's I show. I can't imagine why that. the International Olympic Committee would be interested in a mixed hockey tournament in India. Well, hockey 5. Well, it's great that the... the uh, the president there was spending time with the uh, the top man of the Indian Olympic Association there because there's obviously uh, a nice little tie-in with uh, Dr. Batra's two roles. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get to the Youth Olympic qualifiers that have been played in Bangkok, the Asian qualifiers, uh, and the final results there. On the um, the men's side of things, India won that particular tournament, uh, winning 2-1 in a shootout after a four-all draw against Malaysia in the final. So unfortunately, you know, one gets ranked one and one gets ranked two, but there wasn't much between those two sides. Uh, Bangladesh, Bangladesh beat Korea in the in the 
um, third, fourth place game. I know it's only under 18s, but that's interesting. Well, it's good seeds, and look, there's obviously some tournaments in Dhaka earlier in the year, and uh, hopefully yeah. there's been a good exposure to the youngsters there in the country. Look, the final standings there: India finished first, Malaysia second, uh, Bangladesh third, Korea in fourth place, Japan, Pakistan, Chinese Taipei, Hong Kong, China, Singapore, Thailand, and finishing in last place, Cambodia down at 11. But um, some interesting little results there as far as uh, the rankings go. And what's going on underneath the international level, you know, this is can sometimes be a guide to some of the sorts of talent that's coming through. It's never a guarantee, of course, junior results yeah. of anything. But it does, like you said, it bodes, bodes well for Bangladesh there, doesn't it? And yeah. uh, you'd think Pakistan might want to be pushing a little bit higher up from the sixth spot there in the, in the men's tournament there in Bangkok. Well, they're certainly starting to do a lot more work in Pakistan. I think over the next few years we might see some um, some improvements in their junior level because they seem to be very very proactive about getting hockey back up and running amongst kids. Well, we'll talk more about Pakistan later on. <laughs> we as well. will indeed. The women's side of things for the Asian Youth Olympic Games qualifiers. Uh, China defeated India 4-1 in the final to take out the number one position. Korea defeated Malaysia th- uh, 3-5 in the... Um, sorry, Malaysia defeated Korea 3-5 to finish third. Japan in fifth place, Thailand, Chinese Taipei, Hong Kong, China and Singapore rounded out the standings there for the on the Asian side of things. So also the Oceania Olympic qualifiers. Matt, now... Let's have a guess... Uh, well, Australia finished top. Uh, I purposely didn't print out any of the pool standing stuff because Australia was winning 20 nil, 21-2, 19-nil. Uh, Vanuatu kept them to 12-nil. Uh, Papua New Guinea lost 33-nil. Uh, Solomon Islands, 10-nil. Um, so they finished way, way on top there. Australia, Vanuatu, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea. That was for the men's and the women's. Did you get any answer? I, I heard it from last week's show mm-hmm. that New Zealand weren't playing. No idea. Didn't, didn't find out why. No. I'm just guessing maybe it's a funding thing and there's no money That's for them right. to, to enter teams for, for Youth Olympics. It might be across the board. It might be just be, you know, selected sports, but they decide the priorities on where the money goes for these sort of things well and it depends what sort of value you place on a five-a-side competition they might think that they're better off investing their money in different areas of the game yeah yeah Uh, as a you know and deal with it still a financial thing when it becomes the olympic model just deal with it then well yeah wouldn't be a bad idea would it what five-a-side at the olympics no i mean just dealing with it yeah if it happens Yeah. yeah that's right australia taking out the women's side of things they had a series of Absolute floggings. In fact, no one got closer than 20 goals to them. In f- no, yeah, 20, 21 nil was their worst result <laughs> for the Australians. Australia, look, you, you've Papua got to beat the opposition that are there. Oh, look, and it's great. And those nations are getting the opportunity to see really, really good hockey. That hockey players. Sorry, yeah. obviously the competition might not have been great amongst this, the games involving Australia, but Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu had games three five. Uh, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea 3-2 Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu 2-1 so amongst the island nations the competition is strong that's right and some of those guys of course they they went down to Sydney earlier on in the year didn't they and played well that was uh, the women's side of things but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, they did the women went there as well and mate that's what we've got to do we've got to keep trying to promote hockey in as many places as we can and one day maybe the hockey player of the year will be someone from the Solomon Islands that's right well 
fingers crossed for the Solomon Islands. Okay. Uh, India, there's the eight hockey India Junior Women National A Division Championships yep. taking place at the moment in Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh. At the same time. And the men's are on there as well, and that's the A Division there also. That finishes up uh, four or five days' time, so we'll bring you the results of that next week. Um, elsewhere in India, there's the first Marshall Arjan Singh Memorial Hockey Tournament coming up in Chandigarh from the 7th of May. Uh, okay, there's stuff going on in England too. Oh, you might want to say a few things. If I go through the results, the Men's Hockey League and the Investec Women's League finals yep. were played over the weekend. In the semi-finals for the, on the men's side of things, Wimbledon took on Hampstead and Westminster and that was won by Hampstead and Westminster 2-1. Surbiton took on Beeston and won that game 2-1. The final between Hampstead and Westminster and Surbiton was a three-all draw after full time and Surbiton won the game on a shootout. Three goals to two. So Surbiton taking up top spot. Hampstead and Westminster in second. Wimbledon third equally with Beeston. The women's side of things, semi-final one was Surbiton and Buckingham, which Surbiton won 3-0. Then in semi-final two, Holcomb took on EG. East Grinston. And again won by Holcomb, 2-1. Surbiton and Holcomb in the final. Surbiton took that out 3-1. So Surbiton finished champions uh, with Holcomb second, Buckingham three, and East Grinstead in third as well, equally. Yes, uh, so few, yeah. few few things on that. The uh, That was the playoffs that were happening at the weekend. So for qualification for the European competitions for next season, there's a, a guaranteed spot for the top of the league winner at the end of the regular season. Now, on the, I haven't got the details on the women, but on the, the men's side, I know that that was Wimbledon. And that was after a real topsy-turvy finish to the season. Beeston were up there for a long time. Hampstead and West, Westminster came with an absolute wet sail through in their, their last few rounds to get that fourth spot in the uh, in the playoffs, and, and you know took took Surbiton all the way with it. And uh, and what a what a quality game there! We've got the likes of Alan Forsyth, who's he's just been voted best player again over there this season finished top goal scorer um, he's an absolute gun um, up against the likes of Matt Guys Brown and Quan Brown you know two incredible drag flickers it was always going to be a game on there so you know fan- fantastic to see commiserations for Beeston on missing out there so Wimbledon and Surbiton are the two sides that will go through guaranteed to the Euros I think they might come down to um, how teams finish up this year as the rankings as to how many teams each nation okay, yeah. have in there there's something complicated with that they might there might be a third spot automatically I'm not I'm not sure of course all that Euro sort of stuff uh, the lower grades and men's fours and threes and women's leagues of the Euros are going to kick off next week so we'll talk about that a bit more 17th I think next Thursday they kick off uh, in Helsinki on, on the women with Surbiton I think that's two from two two, two from from two, two. two, two so well done the uh, there was the also the um the hockey league promotion tournaments as well that were played uh, across the weekend. That's right. Yeah. So that's people looking to get out of the regional conferences to um, to yep. make their way up into the the top divisions um, and and all the way down as well. You know, there was some 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 lower level stuff there. And what's interesting from speaking to guys um, in the UK over the past couple of weeks that. It seems to be a lot more of the open leagues are now starting. If they weren't already there in some of the the uh, regional associations, that's that's happening this year, which is going to help out a lot of clubs. But I'll talk more about that. Uh, what's really interesting is uh, okay, the, the the women's side of things: Beeston, Slough, Hampstead, and Westminster, and uh, Stourport 
were playing there. Uh, all of the results were really close. It's one nils and, and one alls, two ones. And the biggest difference is 4-2, which is still just a 2-1 result if you want to cut it back. It's, it's still quite a close game. On the, um, the men's side of things, University of Exeter finished one there, Seven Oaks, Oxted, and University of Nottingham. And once again, a lot of, in fact, a lot of 2-1 results. Just about every game finished 2-1 with one team either ahead at half-time or it's a draw at half-time. So it would have been some really close... Yeah, a lot of close competition. Oh. I know I did see Oxted were quite heavy recruiters um, at the start of the season. And I think Seven Oaks maybe got relegated last season from the top league, but after spending their first year yeah. in there, there's something along those lines. And, and, but it partly says to me, too, we don't have to experiment with getting more goals in the game. I mean... A, a, a six six nil victory is can be really boring game to watch. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, I, I think that the, the tension within the game is what you like. Whether if two teams play six five or one nil, the tension in the game is going to be the same. Yes. Yeah. So and yeah, I, I just don't think we should mess too much with the scoring. It's fine as it is. So that's what's happening in the UK. Uh, sorry, in England. Mm-hmm. We'll c- come back to the UK in a moment. Um, in South Africa at the moment, Tyron Jabu Barnard's doing some mm. good write-ups on the women's um, interprovincial provincial tournament that's happening over there. Seen his the, mug on the socials recently. I have indeed. Is is two um, the two finalists have been confirmed for that? So that's the women's competition. So it's Southern Gauteng versus Tuffy Western Province. Um, in the final, I'm sure Tuffy must be uh, a sponsor there. Brand name? Yeah. Underpants? Yeah. Well, I'd hope so. And on brand names, actually, well done to England Hockey. They've done a deal with Toshiba TV Europe. So yeah. great to see an international brand getting behind I hockey. I reckon that was a good idea for my other app, too. Someone's out there in the hockey world has got to develop that, come up with the, uh, the app that can be built into a, a smart TV the one I've got in my lounge room, so that when you can you can just go straight to the internet and log on to any hockey live stream, and anybody that's live streaming hockey could put a tag, some sort of metadata tag, and this, this app will just look for that tag, and if you've got live streaming of hockey going on, bang, it will come up in the list that you could just click on and watch. Is that a good idea or what? Oh, you're full of good ideas, mate. You no, know, I don't. Absolutely full of them. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't really listening, to be honest. Are you um, looking something I, I was just. I was just going to finish off talking about the uh, the South African situation, their IPT tournament. So Southern Gauteng, they beat Northwest in the semi-final. There, um, just uh, a solo goal between them there. Um, and in the other game, Tuffy beat Northern Blues, and that was in, well, we'd call it a shootout, but Tyron loves to call it a showdown. The showdown. We've got to get him a hat to wear for that. So, Tyron, good work. Keep up the good work supporting South African hockey there. Uh, what else in Europe? Some big stuff happening. Uh, Dutch leagues? The Dutch leagues. Or, or yeah. they've come to the end of their leagues? The, re- the regular season. Regular. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Lo- a lot Finals of, then? A lot, a lot of uh, countries now. Yeah, so they, they, they'll then be set for um, the playoff finals. How do, how do people in Europe take the concept of, of finals? Is it like we see here when we talk to soccer people and soccer people go, no, it's just a league, it's just... The well, it's, I, th- I think struggle with the concept of finals. They struggle with the idea that you can finish top of the table and still not win the competition. Yeah, well, that, well, this is the thing, isn't it? We talked about it before on the show. 
in certainly in hockey in Australia, yeah, if you win the minor premiership, that's nice, but it doesn't really matter because as long as you're in the top four, then you're still yeah. a shot, still a shot for getting the the. There the, are advantages, the big obviously. Usually, there's usually some sort of home field advantage if it's built into the system of scheduling. Yeah. So okay. yeah, so on to yeah on, on to yeah men's side in Holland, uh, Kampong beat uh, HGC at the weekend. So that means that they'll finish top of the Wazza. Um, Amsterdam finishing third. Um, Blumendal also in the playoffs there as well. So who's the fourth team in there? Um, can't find it there in the moment. But anyway, there's uh, that, those playoffs are coming up there. But Kampong will finish top on the men's side. So you know something to do with that goalkeeper, isn't it, Davy Hart? Obviously, very good goalkeeper. Do you reckon he um, he sits in the in the dugout before the game, just mentally preparing himself, just going, Davy, Savy. I'd like to think it, John. I doubt it very, very much. Um, Scotland men's champions have been crowned at the weekend. Grange um, well snatched the Scottish regular league season title from under the nose of Bromac Calvin on Saturday, winning the crown on goal difference. So well done to them there. <laughs> snatched the title, did they? Do it in Having style. Having a title snatched by a Scotsman has some deep and resonant meaning in English history, doesn't it? Waterloo Ducks return to the EHL next season after uh, beating Heracles 4-0. And, of course, Heracles played so well mm. in the last uh, the last round of games in the EHL. I'm looking forward to them taking the field uh, next time around. Uh, 17th win of the campaign which put them out of reach of KHC Dragons, uh, who were 6-2 winners over Royal Leopold. Um, so Waterloo Ducks, they've still got a couple of games to what go What about there, Ireland? But, um, and in Ireland, let me look up what I'm supposed to be looking at. Congratulations to uh, YMCA men's. We've got a, a couple of club members that are ex-YMCA boys over here, and uh, they've got promoted to the EYHL uh, the Irish Hockey League top division for the first time so congratulations uh, to those guys and YM um, where are we the Women's Hockey League uh, has been won by UCD now we did speak about UCD for the, not necessarily the right reasons over mm. the, the past few weeks um, but uh, yeah they've taken out the women's title they had a 7-1 well, win at Ards and that put them out of range of Cork Harlequins which it's is a shame it's, it's women bringing respect back to the club yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they've uh, finished ahead of Cork Harlequins, um, so it's a shame that uh, Emma didn't get a win there for uh, in, in the top league, but I'm sure that she had a lot to do with their success through the season. I don't think it'll be a last opportunity either, somehow. Um, and I can't find it here, but Glen Ann have won the uh, the men's title. Um, too much information on this site, Hook Hockey. Well done, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Um, doing some great work there for. Irish and Euro hockey. And really, it's hard to keep up with all of it. I mean, there is so much hockey stuff going on out there that we we struggle to uh, to keep up with it all. And we're we're trying to take an active part in keeping up with it all. Yeah, and we're just on Ireland as well. They've got the the Pro Series indoor hockey happening over there now. That started back in towards the end of March, and it seems like they're getting loads and loads of kids involved and having real success with it. So, well done. Uh, Hockey Island, PSI, everybody involved with sort of taking over there and um, and driving indoor hockey um, throughout Ireland. Great, great hey, stuff. Uh, how, how good do you reckon Irish hockey umpires are? Well, uh, 
is he going to make some raf- ra- reference to Rob Abbott? No, no, no. Although Rob, I'm sure, is a very, very good hockey umpire. No, just uh, we were we were umpired on the weekend in our our game, our our grey nomads game. Well, this is next YM, and you're gonna you're gonna talk about now. So, no, uh, no right. names, no names. <laughs> but there was there was a he's about, uh, Irish he's about four foot three and likes motorbikes. You'll work that out at home yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if you know. <laughs> he umpired our game, and he he did a very very good job. And we're happy he was there umpiring as well because we know that when he umpires. Les is going to be on his good best behaviour because there's no way he's letting young Phil Powderly send him off. <laughs> well, thanks for mentioning Les, actually. Oh. Les, if you're listening, thank you so much for stepping in over the past few weeks. I'm a little bit concerned that my um, my favourite chair's broken. And, uh, like, you know, you're a big fella, but, jeez, I, the, the, I thought the furniture was strong enough. Well, all it was is the, the chair said, no, Les, you, you, you tackled me in the wrong way, and it was all over. Smash. Yeah, but less less spoken about Les's on field behaviour the best. Than the best Les is good. He's good. You're listening to the Reverse Stick. It is a global hockey podcast. I'm John Lee. I'm with Matt Allen. And Matt, let's where do we go from here? We've got a few minutes, like about forty or so, or probably more knowing us, to <laughs> talk. And uh how about we start with India's May April Fool's Day joke. Yes, and of course you did make reference to that before, but you were fully aware and uh, just kidding the listeners <laughs> uh, um, that uh, yeah we found out early on in the week um, the quite remarkable discovery that um, the Hockey India had decided to do what they'd sorry decided to undo what they did and um, <laughs> when we, going back. Eight months ago now, eight, just before, the, not long before the Asia Cup. Yeah, we we had the discussions. We thought it was absolute madness that you would move Stuart Morania from doing a great job with building the spirits and the the quality with the women's India team, um, as Roland Altman's uh, stepped aside. And uh, right, well, obviously, there's a lot of these young players that are coming through from the Junior World Cup success that were under the tutelage of um, Harendra Singh. So the ideal situation would be that Harendra Singh would step in and take on Altman's job and Stuart Morena would carry on doing his great job. But no, that didn't happen, did it? Well, I think at the time when the appointments were made, Stuart Morena as um, the men's coach and Harendra Singh as the, the ladies' coach, we, uh, we led with a sort of headline that was... India do what we all expected by doing something that we didn't expect. Yeah, that's and right. And they've yeah. backed that up big time, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they certainly have. And um, but 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 for the two or three months after the appointments, everything was rosy in the garden, wasn't it? If that's the saying. Um, but I don't know what I don't know which blooms have died off. No, well, there's obviously well if you get onto if you get if you, if you get onto social media and you saw some of the the rhetoric that was coming out of various guys in India that are very outspoken on hockey, and I think it's great that I won't mention any names in particular at, at this stage, um, but there was um, a bit of a it's a groundswell. I don't know. I only really follow hockey accounts, so I can't say that it's a, a particular Twitter groundswell on things. But there was a sentiment that was being aired that Morena had to go, um, Commonwealth Games finish wasn't good enough for the men, um, no, nothing said um, with with regard to the women's side. Now, you made a point to me earlier on that um, some of the statements 
going back a couple of months with regard to the aims of, of uh, Moreno with the, the men's team was that um, Asia Cup and World Cup were the priority? Asia Cup, World Cup and the Asia Games. Asia Games, sorry. In, yeah. in the lead up to the... From when he took over the job and he was asked about, you know, what are, you, what are your aims and stuff, he never mentioned the Commonwealth Games. That's always been brought up by other people. He's only ever mentioned the Asian Games, the Asian Cup and the World Cup. So perhaps assured, and considering where he comes from and his background in hockey, what does the Commonwealth Games really mean? I don't know that he had enough of a feel about what the Commonwealth Games mean to Indian hockey. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I can't say I agree with the way the men's, te- the way the men's team's been going at the moment and the style of play. Um, so I, I feel a bit reticent about talking about whether he should keep his job or not, but I don't think he should lose his job on the backbone of a Commonwealth Games result like that. Fourth in a competition where you play off for a medal to finish third. It's very fine lines, very fine lines at international hockey between finishing first or fourth. Well, look, we've got a couple of things to sort of... Um, back up and delve a, a bit deeper into this now. So we had a statement from Sherd Marina that well, oh, first yes. off, first off, I got him here. Well, f- first off, um, you go to the Hockey India website. There is no news about any appointments, any movement of, of coaches. Go there to is, their Twitter feed. Go to their Facebook page. Nothing. There is nothing. And this this all drives back to. Did you guess the player though? The pixelated <laughs> player. Was it Sardar Singh? No. Um, <laughs> the. Um, Sorry. <laughs> we'll get to Sada. Yeah. Um, but we talk about it time and time again. Transparency is key. Don't just hide behind uh, just banal social media posts. You own the Hockey India website, Hockey India. Own the... Sorry. Own the news. Yeah, own, own the it. news. Tell the story as you want it to be told within your environment. Now, we might not get to hear everything through it, but at least we'd hear something rather than, once again, various comments that have gone left, right and centre from um, anonymous sources. Um, to get the the word from Sjöd Morena, you've got to go to his website to go and find it. It's not published anywhere on the Hockey India, uh, India website. So well, what, what does it say, John? Uh, well, his, this is interesting because there's there's very little really about it on the net, apart from social media comment, which we'll get to in a second. Our mate Jazz Pretzani's been across quite a lot of it yeah. on, on the Twitter and on, on Facebook and stuff. And he also wrote the piece in Z News that I'll quote from now. Um, Hockey India's High Performance Director David John on Saturday told Z Media that Shord Moranya's job as Chief Coach of the Indian Men's Hockey Team is safe. Now, in this, uh, Jazz quotes um, David John as saying, Details of the Commonwealth Games Review meeting will be made public on Tuesday, but I can say that Shord Moranya keeps his job as Chief Coach. So is that saying, right, okay, sure, let's just have a look at your employment contract there. And, uh, okay, it's a job role, chief, coach. It's not the Cincinnati Chiefs then. Ah. Chief Indian. Oh, sorry, no. yes, no. I think, no, that yeah, you're yeah, getting, okay, that's the American yeah. Indians. Yeah, okay, yeah, wrong. Yeah. But the point being is uh, I think there's an expectation by 
the media when they ask him about Sean Moraney's position and, and they get a, 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 a reply like, yeah, he'll keep his job as chief coach. They take it at the literal level, where in fact what I think David John was saying, oh yeah, he'll keep his job as the chief coach. And we of the women's team. <laughs> the little bit in brackets at the end that he didn't actually say to them, which is really disappointing. Once again, the Hockey India is deafening in their silence with the only oh. person we're hearing from is David John. And we've spoken about David John weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And we're only hearing it, from David John because Jazpreet Sahani is quoting him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, now... Yeah, when there's nothing comes, you know, is it something the CEO should should talk about? Is it just a high performance director's job? I guess it depends on the regime at the time, doesn't it, as to who's the person that's thrust in uh, in front of the cameras. And uh, look, he's obviously a man with very broad shoulders. He'd, he'd have to be. Um, so yeah, good luck, to, good luck to David John. He's not the most popular man on social media when it comes to uh, some of the uh, hockey commentators in India. Well. It- Look, and in um, respect to David John, it's not so much about him in, in in the idea of when you when you have these hierarchies of director of high performance, coach, and you know sports science management and stuff. Who actually is accountable? And and if you're going to make someone actually totally accountable, like a coach is held accountable, then they've got to have total control and got to be totally responsible for things. Now. Where does where does that responsibility lie in any hierarchy anywhere? Not just India, so it's not just about David John, but in any sort of organisation like that, where does that sort of responsibility lie? We don't know. We're not inside it. Does all David John do is make sure the players are fit? What what is his role there? What is the well, role? No, of the coach? That's obviously not the case because he's obviously had a, a heavy involvement in some what? hiring and firing and movement around and about. Let's just. Can we go on to the other bit that Jazz talks about in this report? Go on, you do that now, and then I'll and I'll give you the coach's view. Oh well, we've got Sean Moranias. Oh, we'll get to there. Okay, but what was really interesting about the story that Jazz wrote uh, that was on the 28th of April in Z News India was a couple of lines here. Upon returning home, senior players Manpreet Singh, PJ Frijesh, SV Sunil, and Rapinda Pal Singh met the. Indian Olympic Association and, apparently, FIH President Narendra Batra. Two days later, Sri Jess replaced Manpreet as captain of the team. What? What's going on there? Well, it's it's an interesting meeting, isn't it? And not oh, mate. well. It's it's nice to see Dr. Batra so involved with hockey. So he was there at the Hockey Fives mixed tournament in India. In he's, India, he's meeting with senior um, Indian in players India. in 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 India. Um, Has he met with the CEO yet? You, got, you know you've got a new bloke that's working for you. Have no, you met him? <laughs> I think he might have been part of the uh, selection process. Um, I haven't seen a photo of them together. <laughs> I mean, Do you reckon they'd both be smiling? Well, it's just... Uh, they might just What's be, going on? might just be a bit low on Kodak film at the moment because that's quite expensive to get these days. In India? Um, well, you know, it depends how much you've, uh, you've got in your wallet spare after after sundries after sundries don't mention wallets please take the money okay look that what do we say I'm really okay so 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 what what we're getting from one side of the equation of what we understand and, and what we've read obviously fly on the wall stuff is that a meeting has happened between senior players and Dr Batra then 
how many days later, um, two days later, is this is this meeting happening the same day that David John is saying that um, Moreno will keep the chief a, a chief coach position? It's oh. we're all within a few days of each other, and then on the other side of town, dun, 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 we've got potentially some plotting um, happening, Hubble bubble, toil and trouble between uh, senior. Indian international players and the head of the FIH. Let's get to. Um, Sorry, is that is that? But that's what we're, that's uh, that that's what the scenario looks like with it. I don't. I'm not know missing what something. What he's doing there and why they would be calling upon him to interfere and in what goes on behind the scenes in Indian hockey. But you know, you can make your own mind up. Perception is reality. Let's get to what Shord said. This is starting to really bloody well depress me, this conversation. Well, it's, in, it's interesting. So, so Shord, you can go to www.shordmarijne.nl. That's Shord's private blog. Well, very public private blog. It's the blog. only way you'll find a statement about it, too. There's yeah. nothing from Hockey India, nothing anywhere. You have to actually really seriously go and hunt for this statement. Now... Um, I don't want you to have a full debate with me on the content of what's written on here because we did that before we came to broadcast okay. and that's going to be another 15 minutes. So <laughs> the whole conversation about a player-driven uh, process, we we are not going to get involved in that. We are not going to get involved in what, that. the player-driven, Yeah, sir? we're not. We can just what, read the text. Player, no, 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 no. Player no, driving no. the coach out of the team, no, no, driven. <laughs> John, we're not going to talk about it. So he started off <clears throat> Indian men. We won the Asia Cup with with dom- dominant d- dominant hockey in the World League. We have shown we can beat world class teams, and with our New Zealand tour, <laughs> we made another step in our process to win the Asian Games in the World Cup. Unfortunately, the Commonwealth Games we didn't perform the way we expected, but still we had good statistics. Um, the coaching style I choose was players driven. The reason is the, the reason is that players learn to take responsibility for their actions because all the decisions which are taken they were involved and that means they were supporting the plan. The other reason is that when you involve players in the thinking process they will get more tactical awareness and learn faster. This is scientifically proven, John, don't say anything, because they have to learn to take decisions inside the pitch. It means that I prepare the matches and after this I share it with the leaders so they can explain in Hindi to the rest of the team. First up there, do we have do, do we have an issue with the, with a language barrier? Just a thought. I had a lot of confidence that, that with this way of working we could win the Asian Games and the World Cup. I wish the new coach all the best with this process, and I will focus on the women on the woman to continue the pro. <laughs> I'm just reading what it says to continue the process I started 14 months ago to do well at the World Cup and the Asian Games. The girls worked hard, and I am looking forward to see them again at the Asian Champions Trophy in Korea. Sure. So, very nice. Great to have a statement. Nice to have a bit of open and honest uh, comment, hey? Yep. I'm not allowed to say anything. Well, no, no. I think he's saying as much as he can say there. Um, and look, Stuart, you've still got a contract. You're staying in India a lot longer than a, a lot of other coaches have managed. Yeah, look, he's still there. and I, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that he hasn't been able to see it out with the men. And I'm really disappointed that Harendra has not been allowed to stay with the women's program because what he was doing looked like it was exactly the right program to be working at. Now, maybe this is the Indians going, oh, well, we've got contracts with these two blokes and we've got to keep them on because we can't afford to pay them out. So um, this guy looks like he knows what he's doing. So we'll chuck him in the men's job because it doesn't really... If the women do good, yeah, so it doesn't matter that much. 
That's what it smacks of to me. Because I would have left him in the job he was in because he was getting results with those girls. And if you saw them play at the Commonwealth Games, apart from the, ga- the, the final game they, they lost badly in, which I think by that time a bit of the wind had been taken out of their sails, they're playing really good, good hockey. And their, their midfield was running as a group. They were doing all the hard stuff that we see the so-called good Australian men's teams and Dutch teams do. You know, and, and the Dutch women's team, they do the hard running, yeah. they do the hard stuff, and that's what those girls were doing. And I think that's probably what's led to this change of jobs, is them realising that this guy's got these girls working like that, what can he do to the men? Yeah, well, could, could well be. It's... And by the way, player driven, mate. No, 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 no. You're asking, no, scientifically don't, proven. Don't do it. Did you Just don't know? Do it. Don't do it. Don't you're do scientifically <laughs> proven to be mostly space. Don't do it, John. Come scientifically on. proven. Just calm down. Um, do check out um, Give Me Hockey on Twitter, at HockeyIND, I-N-D. Um, some interesting viewpoints popping up on there. Um, he made some very good points with you know, the worst part is disrupting the women's team with just three months to go for the World Cup. No regard for women's team on their um, all their results. Well, no one quite, no, nowhere in any of this does it say that the women were asked their opinions about what should go on. No, that's it's right. It's all been about what the men think. Um, you know, he's asked the question, would anybody from the Indian Federation come out and speak um, to the FIH to take action? Uh, Manny Koshar jumped in on that one <laughs> as well. Uh, should the FIH look at it? It's not correct. An FIH official should still meddle in domestic matters. Um, it's good to see Dr. Batra's there making sure Indian hockey's all right, though. I mean, it's not like he couldn't be sorting out dodgy TV deals that were signed by the FAH or anything well, tra- important tra- like that. Travine Chawler um, says this is certainly a, po- a positive. No, this certainly is a positive move. Harendra Singh taking the men's team and Marina going back to his original place, where he had done well. No, he hadn't. Well, that's this gentleman's view on the on the Twitter feed there. But then um, Give Me Hockey comes back with decision came because the players from men's team reached out to Narinda Batra, and then in, in brackets, who still runs the show despite holding no position in Hockey India, and Batra listened to the players. Um, yeah, it's interesting that we don't hear anything from any any board members at all from from uh, Hockey India. Manny Kosher also then goes on to say, if there's any integrity and honour to Hockey India, then someone must say something. Batra must respect the boundaries of his office. Not um, happening. We've made our position clear. On just finally, finally, finally on that little little feed there, Tansy Lee's jumped in. Hey, Tansy. Hashtag TRS World 11. Um, I like watching at the Hockey India. They play exciting hockey, but these decisions being made so close to the Hockey World Cups makes no sense. What happens if, after both World Cups, still no trophy or medals won? Will there be another change? Who gets the blame then? Hashtag knee jerk, hashtag hockey. Give me hockey responds with 24 coaches in 24 years is no knee jerk. It's business as usual. Yep, a lot of truth in that. Oh, we got that off our chests. Uh, Where do we move from there? Oh, what do you want to you talk got, about? Well, let's have a chat about your little tour, because you've been back to the home country. Yes, I have indeed. So I was back in England for three weeks. Some of you may have noticed I was missing. Most of you probably didn't. And uh, as I mentioned before, thanks so much to Rez for, 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 for jumping in. Um, no, yeah, I had a fantastic trip back with the family, 
catching up with family and friends. First time back in ten years, would you believe? Um, so it's uh, yeah, a long time since showing my face over there. Um, so didn't get as much hockey. You got through passport control then. I did, yeah. Yeah, oh, well done. Yeah, and yeah. back through again. Oh, yeah. excellent. But geez, oh, seriously, somebody's got to do something about the walk from one terminal to the other in Dubai. Oh, yeah. Uh, not good with a three-year-old at two o'clock in the morning, I, I tell you. Anyway, enough <laughs> about my woes. Um, thanks for the weather, UK, by the way. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. Um, hottest April day since uh, 1836 or something like that in London when we were there for the day. What, 22? No, 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 it's 29. It's very nice. Oh, you loved it? Yeah, I, well, I didn't put any sunscreen on there, did I? You know. You don't tell me you got burnt. <laughs> no, I didn't. Much. No, no, Mara oh. said I was going to, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah, and the other three days of sunshine we had in three and a bit weeks. Um, brrr, that's all I can say on that one. Um, so well, yeah, I got sunburnt playing hockey on a Saturday afternoon. I came home, my whole face was red, and my missus laughed at me. No, no need to break, and we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Um, yeah, so didn't get as much hockey duties in over there as I as I would have liked to, but did do two great things, and I mentioned at the top of the show there. Um, a couple of Fridays ago, I went to the Evesham and Badsey Hockey Club end of year um, presentation evening, and that was held uh, in the town of Evesham and somewhere where my uh, my dad had a pub to quite close for many years. Shout out to Morris, great to see you over there. Um, Did they have a banner up as you drove into town? No, they didn't. Oh. No, no. And, we, and when we, in fact, when we got to Birmingham Airport, he was about half an hour late. <laughs> Bloody freezing. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, went along to the, the annual dinner. Didn't know a great deal of the guys that are there, there nowadays. Um, and, uh, but did, but did, well, <laughs> no, but did sit, sit, ne- sit next to Mr. Chris Vince, who's the president there. And Vince, he, uh, played with my dad back in the day and, and umpired me. And we probably had a few games, uh, at, uh, either end of the scale. So that was lovely to catch up with Chris and his wife, Chris. But yeah, lo- lovely evening. Um, yeah, great to get involved in, uh, Having a few beers and a lovely meal, uh, a lovely uh, lamb hot pot and some apple and blackberry crumble for a dessert. Oh, oh apple and blackberry yeah, crumble. It was beautiful. Oh, long yeah. time, long time. It was real tro- proper like crumble. Crumble, crumble, crumble. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super. Um, Correct? Not for me, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, great, great to, to see the awards given out. What was a little bit sad for me was that when I was with them 15 years ago and for the rest of my, my hockey life before, it was a very strong, vibrant club. And I mean by numbers of players. I'm not yep. saying there's any lack of vibrancy within the group that they've got there, but we were probably running six or seven men's teams and maybe a midweek veterans team as well. Yep. Uh, so a lot of numbers around the bat. And over the years, that sadly declined through a number of reasons. Um, now they find themselves with two men's teams last season um, a very vibrant junior system that I'll talk about in a moment and then I believe it's two women's teams which were the old Badsy Ladies Club so to survive as a club rather than having those those two yeah. separate entities they've needed to come together to keep a ha- keep hockey happening in that area and it's not been an easy task um, for them as a club um, just to you know and we, we will talk more about this in coming weeks and speak to people about mergers of clubs and why they happen and what are the positive things to, to come out of it well the positive thing is always going to be to retain hockey in a specific area and this is something I spoke a lot to these to, to the guys um, at Evesham about post dinner at the bar with with a few beers oh in your element oh, I was a little bit um, <laughs> but they they found it a real struggle so here, here's the example so they've got Apart from the fact they've they've had to move out of the Midlands leagues 
because the Midlands, Midlands leagues at the time insisted that one's uh, A grade teams, number one teams, have to play against other number one teams. So it wasn't open grades in any respect. So mm. they were finding they were getting smashed left, right, and centre, and, and relying on a lot of young kids to go and play those games. And you just lose them, or they get disinterested, and it's, yeah. it's not a fun environment. So they moved to uh, an, an, a neighbouring league system, more towards sort of Herefordshire, Worcestershire borders, the Marches League, and that's a lot friendlier for them to, and easier for them to manage, as opposed to maybe coming up against some much bigger clubs in the in the West Midlands. I think you need to be playing in a league where you're at least competitive. Yeah. You're in with a chance. You know, maybe not as, as in that league system sense of finishing first, but in in our system, you you only have to finish fourth. Yes. So when, when there's that opportunity and for smaller clubs, grades, we're not talking about like a lot of the the grades in the UK isn't just sort of eight, nine team yeah, grades. Yeah. It's, it's sixteen, eighteen, twenty two, and it's a home and away. You know, it's, uh, um, it's so a it's, tough league. Yeah, yeah, that's They're right. Tough leagues. Um, generally three up, three down. It's yeah. So there's got to be that sort of. Uh, you know, incentive for clubs yeah. to stay around. Yeah. Otherwise, like you say, players do do get disinterested. So they applied this season. We're coming out of this. Yeah. They've had a re- reasonable year. I think they finished maybe fourth in the table. Um, a lot of very young kids in the side. Now, for next season, they lose, I believe it's nine of their, their first team, their A grade from wow. this season. Five go to university. Two or three go to a bigger, better club, in inverted commas, for better opportunities for them. Um, and one other is working away or, or something along. So they're in a, a total rebuild situation from a very low pool. Um, now, they're, they're getting 70, 80 kids down on a Sunday morning for their um, junior programs. The coaches are stretched, you know, like everywhere. They're, they're volunteers. It's the same old people week in, week out. It's a much smaller level of numbers of, of people involved in the club than, for example, with our club. And we struggle to get the, the numbers for it. They're, you know, yeah, they're working yeah. on, uh, you know, uh, a quarter and less than, than that to be able to do it. So what do you do? Um, you know, where, where, where do they go with it? They want to keep hockey vibrant there. And it's great that they're getting these, the kids coming through. But there could be a big gap between when, you know, you can start filling teams up again. And if they get any good, they just get nabbed by a bigger, better club somewhere else anyway. Now. Which I, is going to be a perennial problem. Well, this any, is it. Any sort of model you have. It, it is. But what, what I floated to them, I think that's, it's something they've been, I guess, a, a little bit, the, the volunteers that have been around for a long time there are a little bit upset for the fact that they're losing players. Constantly, you know, once once they develop them to a certain level, they're off. Yeah. They're off, and the club that they're losing them to um, suddenly becomes the enemy. Um, now, I I spoke to them about maybe you've got to try and flip this around. Maybe you need to consider um, to take on a a role as a feeder club, but formalise it and go. Okay, when our kids get good enough, this is the way that they're going to go. But you're going to help us all the way down with what we're delivering at every level. Um, you're going to help out by sending coaches down to come and coach our coaches to um, improve the resources that are available, skill up maybe some of the mums and dads that don't know anything about the game, but they're the ones that are taking the sessions because they're there. Um, and and for, for that club that's happy to 
take away the bigger club, and this can, this is all over the world, that that club has a responsibility to those smaller clubs rather than just going, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to pinch those players. It's actually they put the time back in at the other end. Well, a win-win situation, as I see it, is that the transfer goes both ways. So as you're, as you're pinching these younger players, there's going to be guys that are falling out a little bit from that top level. Maybe it's those players that have got to go back so that the next crop of juniors is playing with that group that are coming back, like you would if, if that was all of those grades extended across a club like we'd have at Fremantle. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you've got the ability for these guys that are X1s players to be playing with years down the track with kids that are coming through at lower grades. Now, these kids may never be international players or national representatives or anything like that, but they're going to provide the backbone of your your twos and your threes grades and to to keep that sort of dynamic going. And so the the relationship's got to be a two-way one as far as players go between these clubs. Now, maybe these bigger clubs don't have the the whole long list of grades that they do at the moment and they farm out these players as they come down through the grades off to these other clubs to... I don't know. It's an idea. You know, I don't know if it needs to be as involved the other way. I think I really think, but the coaching resource side of things yeah. to to go down and help out because well, someone's got to move uh, the magnets, don't they? That's it. Yeah, that's right. They do have to move the magnets. Um, so that that was great to see those guys there. It was a little bit disappointing, and it's, it's interesting. So I saw them there, and then I, I saw Alan Gormley walking hockey back to hockey Bromsgrove Hockey Club and they're both in the same county area so there's yeah. some similarities to to both clubs now um, I asked the guys at Evesham and Badsey what's your involvement with the uh, the regional uh, Midlands development rep and there seemed to be sort of the idea I guess that we we saw them once or twice um, and we haven't really seen anything more of them And but then I asked the same question to Alan Gormley and Alan says well look yeah I know him really well but we're a very proactive club um, we're kind of in your face for them so we get lots of resources we get lots of help with promo- pr- pr- promotion yeah 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 <laughs> but what that guy or girl then gets to take away is that when she's reporting to her boss or to Hockey yeah. England is here are the success stories here are the things that we can learn from from all clubs so I think maybe there's a bit of a disconnect there with some of those smaller clubs that are really struggling to stay afloat um, and once again you know it's all volunteer based the people that are running them and you're kind of drowning under the pressure and we'd love to do all of these things but we need some help and but they don't even have the time sometimes to put their hand up and go please help us we we need yeah. you to come and support us so it's an easy win and you can understand it for the, for the reps and the associations to ride the, the 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 waves of success with things that are going really well but you can't take your eye off the ball with the smaller clubs and you've really got to do the work to make sure there's connections and you're constantly that they're the ones that need the help the most. The ones that are going to say nothing at all, aren't they? That's, uh, uh, it's a dairy farm again, mate. All those cows. That's what you got to get. Yeah. Um, so it's no good just having a super club. We need these smaller yeah, regional absolutely. clubs everywhere. Hockey everywhere. Yeah. Uh, is is that your travel tales, Dan? Oh, we can talk about Alan in a moment as well, if you want. You 
talk about Alan, but keep talking about Alan. So yeah, Alan, Let's get you your rant. Alan and I met up. We um, we we uh, had a couple of beers and uh, put the hockey world to rights. I just something that I observed about Alan is that he is a hockey nut. He's a sport nut. He's um, so so keen to develop our game and to um, look at all sorts of ways for um, total inclusion and um, ability for anybody of any age, any level to get involved with hockey and for so many so many reasons, you know, not just the club side of things but particularly we spoke about health benefits and he, he was having meetings with um, health departments and I think he's just recently met up with Hockey England uh, talking about um, people with heart trouble or recovering from heart attacks, pulmonary issues, that sort of stuff, this low impact team sport and this is something almost unique that hockey can offer um, so if you're listening around the world do consider walking hockey and what it can, you know what it can offer just beyond the pure hockey side of it but it's a vehicle and a means to um, to get some low impact sport or you know or as high impact as you want you want to go with it but um, to broaden our appeal as a game and you know have that that really true cradle to the grave approach with the game um, it's amazing to hear who Alan's hearing from left right and centre people in Venezuela wanting to go and help set up a club somebody in Peru wants some help and all these great things unfortunately nobody wants to pay for any of it John um, now I think oh, why not? I think if we were to look at somebody to be a club ambassador for world hockey and it to be a, um, a paid position from the FIH, then you couldn't look much further than Alan. Um, he's, uh, he's got all the ideas, he's got all the passion, he's got all of the experience, and all he wants is, you know, what he get paid for a training session back here as long as you give him the flights and, and put him up. It's not a, not a big ask. Um, so, Alan's not alone. There's many, many passionate people across the, the world that, um, are keyed into clubs and how to run clubs and you know the good stuff that happens at clubs um, and what's interesting is that they're contacting Alan from national associations to yeah. go and speak about clubs it seems to be that for the big nations clubs are kind of irrelevant to the FIH clubs are kind of irrelevant not kind of totally they, they deal with so, so there's no resource so say I'm in Sierra Leone like we spoke about earlier on and I want to set up uh, a club on this side of town and a club on that side of town. Who do I contact? What do I need to find out? What do I need to know? Um, well, people are going, they're bypassing <laughs> international associations. Perhaps that's something, FIH, if you're listening, we hope you are, um, that we can get those resources onto the FIH website and, and you know, Alan's done some good work on a white paper with it. Get it out there. I've got a solution to your problem, mate. Go on. What what you need to do at the uh, upcoming FIH biennial later in the year mm -hmm. is to vote in as president someone that has clubs as the centrepiece of hockey moving into the future. Would it be I interested to see if somebody went in on that ticket, wouldn't it? Well, you never know. Perhaps they might. All they need is two nominations. Is it a popular vote, though? Hey? Is it a popular vote? Well, I don't know. It depends how popular you are. Mm. Okay, we're obviously at the part of the program where uh, you just rattle off stuff and I go, hmm, in the background. So, um, your rant. 
Oh, You've got a rant. Oh, I do, no, I have got a bloody rant this week, actually. Yeah. So I've I've tried to keep in touch with club stuff whilst I've been away and just got a, you know, got away with the minimum. Because you do have an official role at the club. I do indeed, yeah. That we play. And, and uh, so I did pretty well to not get too involved with things. But just before I came back, I got an email through with regard to... Um, so we'd, uh, we've explained before we don't have our own turf facility, so we have to go and hire turf like many, many of you and your clubs that are, are listening out there. Um, and it's not a cheap exercise to do it in any way, shape or form. Um, but I was incensed to find out uh, yesterday that what our particular club, we hire our um, a lot of our turf time from the Perth Hockey Stadium, which is administered by Hockey WA, the peak body for hockey here in Western Australia. We've talked about them many times before. We try not to be too WA-centric, but it's hard when you're, you're living it and you're, you're here. Well, I think the problem you're about to talk about is one that affects hockey clubs and teams across the globe. This is not weird. This is not a standout situation. So the cost of turf is, you know, can be quite immense. And we worked it out before that it's around and about between 350 to $430 per game, so an hour and a half of turf booking, and you can work that out, and however that equates into local money for you. Now, um, the bulk of, well, probably 60% of that is paid between the two clubs, and then 40% is from individuals that pay a gate fee entry, so on top of their, their regular fees, that's what they pay. Now, as clubs as well, we've then got to provide training time for our teams that are yeah. playing on on the turf. So this is this is what we've come got through from uh, <laughs> Hockey Western Australia, um, the Perth, well, namely the Perth Hockey Stadium. So uh, one hour um, full turf after 5 p.m. That's uh, inclusive of goods and services tax, $274.38. A half turf after 5 p.m. is $180.03. So if you were to book two half turfs, John, that would be $360.06, as opposed to $274.38 for a full turf. So when your club books two full turfs, but because one of them has been allotted in the diary as two half turf bookings, you have to pay an extra 86 bucks just for the privilege of what pulling a net across the middle of the field. I don't know what they, they do for it. It's absolutely criminal. Um, at a time where they're looking to increase individual player fees, increase Hockey Australia levies, um, and screw down clubs right down to the ground because they're all covering their ass to pay for the upcoming AHL, Franken Nines, or Hockey Pro League, however, however high up the chain you want to go with it. They want more and more and more and more. You'd just charge for a full field, wouldn't you? Mate, I, I cannot... Uh, this is, once again, one of these things that depresses you about hockey. Time and time again, studies show that one of the main issues with, that people have with hockey... The barriers, yeah. The barriers is the cost. Yeah. Now, last week I threw it up very, very flippantly that perhaps... You know, we, we pay too much attention to turf and that um, perhaps at times we should be um, letting grass be, you know, allowing yep. the game to grow on grass and worrying about turf once players really prove that they're of elite capabilities and abilities. Because one of the things that's happened with hockey here in Perth is 
the nature of there's only so many turfs means that games get scheduled all over the place. So now that clubs have actually lost contact with the teams that play for them because some teams never have to go to the club rooms. What's also interesting for um, Perth hockey rates of higher hockey WA, I think it's the highest, the, the Perth hockey stadium pitches are the highest out of all the fields uh, costs and who controls the fixturing on those fields? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So not only are you going to pay a different rate at different fields, you don't have the choice of which fields you play on. You don't get to choose the rate you charge. You know, they, they're telling you where you're going to be charged this because you're playing there. Well, hang on, we want to play there because it's cheaper. Well, you can't. Just, just seems seems a bit rude though, doesn't it? Well, just oh. it's interesting you're on that, and this I, I was going to save this for feedback, but I won't. It's, so it was some feedback from an Anne Ganesan um, who messaged me in the week. He didn't agree with um, some of what you said with regard to skillful hockey on turf, as put forward last week. And his comments were, this is going to echo, echo you anyway, I think yeah. you're singing from the same song sheet with it. But, uh, grass is different set of skills. Decline of grass has made game more dangerous and penalty corner focused. Can't argue with that really. And led to decline of interest in South, uh, decline of interest in South Asia in the game. This has undercut the revenue from this region that would have otherwise provided the revenue to support professional hockey into the 21st century and also would have guaranteed hockey at Olympic level. And he's probably right with that because it's, it's, that could have kept the money there. Rather, he's not saying there that um, the hockey world is reliant on the money from India. He's saying the money from India could have been there if it if it was sustained over that period. Um, it's the eyeballs of India and Pakistan that would determine if and in what form hockey survives at the Olympics. Um, just in a personal opinion, um, and I'll redact the praise there. Um, and then he's gone on to say, IOC would also be under pressure by increasingly powerful Indian broadcasters. Um, if the sport was more popular in India, might be a smart to concede a couple of rule changes to advantage India, e.g. two points field goal or non-turf international competitions to keep them in the game. So, you know, you mentioned about high-level stuff here in Perth last week about um, exhibition games or tournaments. I mean, not you, even not even that. I'm talking club A grade. Yes, games. yeah, I know. But but to t- take that to a, a different level and to have international games on grass. Maybe occasionally it'd be fun to watch, but what what I'm talking about is that the the amount of resources that are invested into yeah. turf is disproportionate to to the return that the hockey community gets from it at times. Yeah. Now a country like India obviously needs turfs because that's where the international games played, but that's only for the elitist players. Well, what what you need for everybody else is as many bloody grass fields as you can get but I've had lots of communication with guys direct on Twitter and Instagram from India yeah. that um, are frustrated that they can't play anywhere, they love the game um, there's a lot of people there that watch the game, like Jazz, and you go mm. would you play Jazz? Oh yeah, no there's no opportunity no. just to pick up because a stick because they don't and have a club go, system that's it, because there isn't somewhere to go with it um, and, and they're not working for the petroleum board and yeah, weren't selected right. 12 years ago and that's and that, why they got the job in the first and place. That's and not, that's not nothing to say that those traditional um, grounds for hockey development, like those government departments, can't be incorporated into a club system. You've just got to think about it and, and do it properly. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, and, and we're not saying next week there should be a club system in India. We're saying there should be a club system in India. For a start, what sort of time frame should we work out to make this happen in, a, yeah. in the proper way that it should happen? Oh, 
Are we ready for feedback or uh, not? I don't know. What else have we got to... Uh, we, there's no way we've covered everything we wanted to. We never get through that, but we are getting stuck for time. So. Just before you go to, go to feedback, don't yeah. forget you can follow us on the social media, oh, Facebook, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, all at the reverse stick. Um, I think some blokes forgot to say it over the past couple of weeks. Did we? But yeah, come and find us. Oh, and... Uh, Fingers crossed, we've sorted out the feed oh, issue. Yeah, so, um, please let us know in the next week or that you've received this episode 47 successfully into your podcatcher. Um, yeah, a bit of jiggery pokery gone on in the background. Don't get it. Mail us, mail us if it doesn't arrive with, so yeah, by, by, by the weekend. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so look out for the transcript of this podcast. That'll be going onto the website. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You won't know when. <laughs> oh, there has been a little bit of feedback. Well, yeah. So I just gave you the main bit there <laughs> from Anand, but it, it 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 fitted in fitted in well there. Um, oh, yeah. A couple of emails have come through from TRS World Eleven. Um, oh, that's in the list. TRS World Eleven. We've got to talk well, about that. sponsored players. What do I need to do now? Hang fire, my apologies. Um, if you listen to the show, you know I've been You'll away be for a couple of weeks. You'll be hearing from us th- this um, week. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm onto it this week, and we're, we're going to get everything scheduled and, and get, your, get your contract sent out, and everything's coming together nicely for your little goodie packs. Um, yeah. Remember, what, you're the TRS World 11 2018-19, so we're just working up to the 18-19. That's right. We'll call it yeah. 2018, but it lasts until the middle of next year, yeah. 2019, and then it'll be the 2019 for the, the back end. No, and by the time of, we get... That, well, that kind of fits the hockey seasons well. It's by the time we get the next one organised, it'll be the 2021 one. <laughs> He's got faith. He's obviously got faith. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, it's it's on the list, guys and girls, and being taken care of. Um, and we'll have some more news on Sierra Leone yes. very, very shortly, because they're not far away from getting some goalkeeping yeah. kit. Fingers crossed, and uh, yeah, if you've got anything you can uh, help out with Sierra Leone hockey, um, even if you can just chuck on a load of coaching drills or something onto a USB stick, and uh, we can help you find uh, find its way to Sierra I think what Sarah's they bangs. will need is a video explaining how to pick, put goalkeeping kit on. <laughs> That's probably the first thing they'll need. It'd be really nice if someone could afford to, a goalkeeper could afford to fly themselves to Sierra Leone to help the Sierra Leoneans put the goalkeeping kit on, but it's a big ask. Uh, what else we got? Give me hockey. A little bit unkind, I thought, to the uh, uh, incoming um, strength and conditioning <laughs> coach for the Pakistan team. Um, now. It's an Australian gentleman. Um, I'm just going to find his name down here. Unfortunately, after after the engagement, uh, David Barry. No, um, after the engagement, no, it was uh, what's his name? I'm trying to find it. Daniel. Um, I don't need to give the whole name. Daniel something S C. Um, he's no longer on Twitter anyway. <laughs> after uh, a little bit of engagement with Give Me Hockey, now Give Me Hockey's comments. Uh, well, I actually responded and said, "Come on, give the." Uh, Give the bloke a fair go. He's uh, he's just taken up taken up the role, and I said, you know, well done, champ. You covered yourself well there. Um, so yeah, give me hockey. What has he posted up here? I found it amusing, so I am going to find it for you. Oh, well done. Oh, I thought we oh, were prepared. Oh, actually, Didn't we do two and a half hours of prep for this? Oh, we did. You know, you can't just go straight to feedback. You know what we haven't spoken about? What? Fih hockey series. Oh. <laughs> 
damn, we got to the end of the show and forgot to talk about what we led the show with. So thanks to Gimme Hockey, I've just noticed on his feed there, need to have a bachelor course in understanding the concept of FIH tournaments. Here, here, um, and we'll take you through that. Daniel Barry was the uh, was the gentleman. Uh, <laughs> it's all falling apart here at the reverse stick. Maybe I should stay away a little bit longer. It, professional. it all it all went very smoothly before uh, before that. Yeah, um, give me hockey. Just questions. That reminds me of the bloke who got the sack from the ABC because he forgot to report that Pope had died. <laughs> So, Gimme Hockey mentioned, on, so PHF announced that Daniel Barry was joining um, the Pakistani team at Abbottabad as a uh, strength and conditioning guy. Gimme Hockey responded, please don't make him your high performance director in future. Uh, that made me chuckle anyway. <laughs> Speaking of chuckling, should we now get to the uh, FIH announcement? Because it did come through late. It came in just as we were about to... Um, to record our program, we quickly tried to get our heads around oh, it just before we went. Blew our minds trying to yeah, extend, yeah understand it. But first and foremost, um, wow, the hockey series—it's um, inspirational. It's, I'm inspired. It's, it's motivating. Um, geez, it's a it's, hockey series. It's 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 getting me excited Not about about the future of the game, and uh, I'm, I'm serious. It's um, it's. <laughs> The hockey, come on, the bloody hockey series. You're better off calling it. Hey, wait a second. No, 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 the bloody hockey series. Call it that. Quote hockey series. It's got little commas around it. It's a quote hockey series. Gravitas, my friend. Hockey, hockey series. Hockey series. Well, maybe we're just waiting for a naming rights sponsor, and it would make more sense if it's the Toshiba. The Toshiba TV Europe. Toshiba series. with the Hockey Live website streaming app in a TV series. Yeah. That one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, the FIH launches the Hockey Series with all roads leading to Tokyo 2020. And, of course, we have the Hockey Pro League slated and due to arrive in the not-too-distant future. And this is for all the teams that aren't in the Pro League until the final stages for qualification. Oh, look, who knows what it's there for. In all honesty, it's just there to throw games on. It's part of the Olympic Games qualifiers as well, or that's how it's being introduced as. Uh, how does it work, Matt? Well, some teams play lots of games, and then eventually we come down to the teams that we want at the tournament. Is that how it basically works? Well, I think you find the way that all these things do work, it's uh, rare to get... Say you want 12 teams, well, it's rare to get anybody out of the top 12 in that, if it was 16 teams, it's rare to get too many out of the top 16 in there. If it's 30, you know, what, what, whatever it is, it seems to um, work out that way quite often, doesn't it? It does. Um, Unlike, say, football. Well, but the the hockey world league format, I think, was good for providing some kind of pathway and some kind of opportunity for you to um, dominate at your particular tier and then move up into the next level and, and maybe face more games against that slightly higher opposition, bollocks. higher quality opposition. I'm calling bollocks on that whole idea. On that whole premise, I think that's been disproved by Iceland. Um, no, I think you'll find it's scientifically proven. Is it? Remember, you're mostly space, well, mate, you said and most of that space is not space, you it's question, water. You questioned it, so therefore there's a doubt in your mind that I might, what I said might have been true. <laughs> oh, OK. How long have we been going now? Um... 
couple of other quick bits. I oh, know we're going to no, carry on with this. Oh look, let's talk, well let's talk about it more next week because other and, uh, and we'll, try and bring it forward because it did fall in our lap right at the last minute, and you know it might be a great thing. It looks personally from my point of view, it's just more international hockey, and you know where we stand on more international hockey. Uh, I would prefer to see this sort of development that you talk about happen at the club level. That's a whole different conversation for a different time, and we really have run out of it today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a couple of last things. Uh, good to see that it looks like Mansour Ahmed, we mentioned it before, former goalkeeper of the Pakistan team, is yeah. uh, to have a groundbreaking, um, unique technology, first man in Pakistan to have a new device implanted that will hope hopefully get him back to some great level of fitness. Oh, good luck to him too. That would be uh, not a very comfortable thing to go through. So the best of wishes and luck to him. Did you ever win at the weekend? Yeah, five nil. Five nil, and that leaves you where on the ladder? Oh, I don't know if it's top, but it'd be close to it. Three from three. Go on then, ask me. Yeah, how'd you go? Oh, well, look, it was the first game back. Uh, oh. uh, I've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, we got away with the 4-1 win. Um, I, you know, I guess I, some people said it was good to see me back. Most people were elated. Um, I probably got elated. the best, best on ground for the game. And, Did you? Uh, what? What about a uh, chorus rendition of The Boys Are Back In Town? The Boys Are Back In Town The Boys Are Back Let's just get it up on here Talking hockey in You don't have to fucking You don't have to turn every song around to a hockey song